You're listening to the Per Service Podcast, episode number 12. Per Service Podcast is made possible by orchestraexcerpts.com and is listener supported. Visit www.perservice.co slash patron to pledge your support for this podcast and help us expand and improve our production. Hello and welcome to the Per Service Podcast. This is a show for musicians in the performing arts who are forging their own path. We are four musicians who are also finding a career in the classical music world and sharing our experiences, advice, and encouragement. And on today's episode, we want to talk about a topic that applies to this time of year, since it's about that back to school and back to the orchestra season time of year. Many of you may be playing with a professional ensemble for the first time, or maybe moving up a level, such as going from a youth orchestra to a college orchestra, or from a college orchestra to a professional orchestra. And so we wanted to cover one of the biggest keys to success in orchestra playing, and that is etiquette. Now, this isn't just a bunch of rules. Yes, they're more like guidelines, but the thing is, we aren't a bunch of rule lovers. We like to have fun and joke around during orchestra rehearsals just as much as anybody else. But you have to know where the lines are and how to work within the framework to ensure that everyone can have a good time. So there's some fun stuff coming up. Uh, you can find the show notes online at perservice.co slash 12, including a much more in-depth list. And I'll be back at the end of the episode. So here we go. Well, here's a question. Where did you guys learn how to behave in orchestra and orchestra etiquette and the so-called rules? High school. Where in high school? Tail. Oh, you're, he, like, you're made it a point. Okay. Like he would have us practice sitting so that we wouldn't be obnoxious and put our scrolls in front of other people, oh, which is to that. this day a pet peeve of mine. Oh my gosh, you guys. Whenever it. anyone, and usually, have you guys noticed it's usually only the outside player can be annoying. Like always. Like if oh. it's the outside player that has more of an opportunity to make you mad. <laughs> Inside players can't really get in your way as much because their violin's away from you. Right. Unless yeah. they scoot closely weird and like at a strange angle. But they can't really yeah. block the music unless it's their right. bow hand. Exactly. So, yeah, I remember him having us practice sitting. He would he would just like knock stuff off every lesson and be like, okay, let's let's practice in orchestra music. Let's talk about how to act in orchestra. Wow, that's great. I don't feel like anybody else does that. Yeah, I definitely did not learn it from my private teacher, really. Yeah, I feel like you just pick up some, some small things here or there. And a lot of it sometimes is learned the hard way or from seeing, just seeing stuff that has bugged me. That I, when, when somebody does something, I'm like, oh, the person's just in my way. Like, oh, I should make sure that I don't do that when it's my turn. I don't know. In college, we learned some stuff because we would have, you know how college orchestra is. You rehearse forever on the same music. (laughs) And so we always had sectionals too. And um, we had one teacher who, when he did sectionals, he would talk a lot about that kind of stuff with us. And music festivals where I did, I went for orchestral programs. I learned stuff. And then on the job. On the job. On the job. Yeah, I think my situation is similar to Michael's. Playing different gigs and picking up on things that annoyed me <laughs> or really picking up on things that annoyed other people. Mm-hmm. What I heard complaints most about kind of just stuck in my mind. Like, okay, make sure not to do that. And just the learning by doing, learning by yeah. observing. So before we get really into all the specifics, I kind of want to talk for a little bit just about like what the big deal is, like why it's even worth talking about all these rules or why it seems like we're all like to have a good time and 
joke around and we're all like outgoing and carefree people for the most part. But we get really bent out of shape sometimes about these little minute rules or is it just about the rules or like who are these rules benefiting? Is it just benefiting you or is it for other people around you or why, why is it worth talking about all these specific rules of orchestra and gigging etiquette? Well, I think because our lives are so busy and this is our workplace, I think that if it runs as smoothly as possible and as many people as possible are not offended by you, (laughs) it's going to increase morale across the board and present a better musical product. I think it all works hand in hand. Yeah. It makes me sound like an old person, I think. Yeah. But following these rules (laughs) or whatever you want to call them. They're more like guidelines. Guidelines. They they do make things right. more enjoyable because people won't be mad at you as much. You won't be mad at other people if they're following the strongly suggested guidelines. It makes everyone happier and you can work more efficiently. Ta-da! I agree. Yeah. Okay, episode's over. We're, we're Nailed we're, it. The mouth trumpet has already made its appearance and we're like <laughs> five minutes into the episode. It's been a good one. Bye, guys. Yeah, I, I think it's just that... It's like we all want to have a a good time and enjoy an orchestra rehearsal or any gig. But if somebody is just being really inconsiderate or doesn't know that their actions are being really annoying or being really distracting, that things like that can ruin, you know, an otherwise enjoyable concert or rehearsal even. Absolutely. Or even even things like just last night we played a concert and someone in my vicinity was wearing this really strong perfume. Oh no. And I was just like, I was like, it smells very nice. But after 10 minutes of just being like right next to the person, whoever, I don't know who it was. I was just like, I can't get away. And it was just like, became like the only thing I could think about. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, oh, I was just I like, I yes. so many times, especially if you have an allergy, cause they make me sneeze or give me a headache usually. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, so the worst. this is a little bit of the uh, opportunity to vent publicly about like, why did, how uh, come people don't know these things? Or if they somewhere had been told like, you know, you should not wear strong fragrances. I feel in my heart that as musicians, because we're encouraged to be creative and artistic, that kind of has a connotation of being careless and not yes. organized and not thoughtful. And I personally don't care for that and want to stand mm-hmm. against it. But I just think considering our working environment, being thoughtful is 90% of the job. 10% is playing as good as possible because if you're really great in that 10%, then you can have space to be a real human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one thing that we should also talk about is not everyone uh, has to follow these rules because some people, even though they might be freelancers in the gig world, in a way they're tenured you know, they might have played a certain gig so long and they know they're on the, the list of people mm-hmm. who always get called. They have that liberty to maybe uh, wear dark gray instead of black or mm-hmm. pants instead of a skirt. And no one will say anything because they're one of the veterans. That right. also happens. Sometimes people see someone else kind of being lax on the rules or the guidelines and think, oh, okay, I can do that too. Or I can also bring my Coke bottle and set it next to my stand because mm-hmm. uh, that person's doing it. And then, oh, why did why did it get taken away from me and not from them? Absolutely. That sort of thing. Yeah, really good point. I have not done that, <laughs> by the way. But Yeah, I think it's especially important if you're new to an area and trying to get more gigs and trying to get called back and want to be making a good impression definitely to be 
really aware of these, I don't know, unspoken etiquette things because a lot, yeah, it's true. A lot lot of people that have paid their dues and have been in, you know, playing that orchestra for 30 years, nobody's going to stop calling them just because they did some sort of small thing. Right. I actually think one of those things that is really important is to be on time, which means be early. And the contracted members, they don't have to be there as early as you do. I just think it looks With, better. Within reason, right? I mean, everybody still has to be there. Everyone has to still be there a little bit early. Um, actually, most people in major orchestras, their contract says they're supposed to be in their seat at least five minutes before rehearsal. Sure. Or so, in the house even 20 minutes before. Right. 15 it, minutes before. Exactly. So on location or whatever. Yeah. 15, 20 minutes before. So yeah. knowing that as a sub you should probably try to follow those same guidelines. Especially if you're a sub who has maybe picked up the sheet music and you want to go and then you get to rehearsal five minutes before and your stand partner says, oh, can you get here early next time? I've been waiting 10 minutes for the music. Right. (laughs) Is this from experience? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like a little close to home there. I've seen it happen. especially if you're an outside player and you're the one with the real copy of the music it's it's very uh what's the considerate to get to rehearsal early so that your stand partner can have an opportunity to put in any fingerings they might need to you know there aren't like pieces of paper flying around during rehearsals while they're trying to get their stuff in Oh, yeah. All our, our, our brass contingency. What what a carefree life. This, <laughs> they never have to worry about putting in fingerings. Do they put in like right. slide markings? What? Probably not, right? No. I don't know. I've never bothered to look at um, yeah. their music. It's because there's, there's usually like 10 notes. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> in the whole symphony. Uh. All right. Uh, should we jump to the master list? We shall. Of, uh, your top five guidelines that you maybe have. I'll lay them. Actually, you already stole my top one, which was show up on time. And I like the the phrase, to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late. And to be late is to be left. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. My grandma ends it with to be late is inexcusable. But I like that, to be left. Oh, that's good, too. I've also heard to be late is to be dead. That's just sort of a play on words like Mm. are late relative or whatever. Oh, I see. But no, just, just general that it's like, it's the easiest thing to control sort of. And it has nothing to do with how well you play. But it's like, if you show up late to a gig or to a recording session, not only is it, it's just really disrespectful and you're really hurting your chances of being called back if you're new to the scene but also like it's expensive if entire recording session has to start late because you're not there. Everything is billed basically by the hour. And so it's not good. Well, and if you're not recording and it's just a regular rehearsal, it just makes you look super irresponsible, which might I tie in to double check your location of rehearsal <laughs> or sound check yeah. and performance as I yeah. one time and I'll never do it again. I thought I knew, well, it's Google Maps fault, let's be clear, but I searched for a church in Manhattan, which I should know better that there are 850 billion churches in Manhattan, but there was only one that showed up on Google Maps and I trusted it and didn't double check the email for the specific address. I totally missed the sound check and it was the most embarrassing. And the contractor Uh, totally thought I did it on purpose, which was even worse. Oh no. 
Never again. You're like, you went to the fifth third church instead of the third fifth church on basically second street. Basically. Yeah. And you know, I've actually had a couple, I had two times when I was late for rehearsal and one was because there was a massive accident and shut down the highway that I was on. Right. That's what it's like. There are extenuating circumstances. Absolutely. But what's interesting is, so, you know, I called the personnel manager and he, got, he answered the phone. He goes, you must be stuck on the accident. And it's like, so yep. other people were. So like that kind of stuff happens yeah. occasionally and pe- they understand yeah. that. But to, ha- sure. to have that, you know, time and time again that you're rolling into the last second does not look great for you. Even for things like, oh, if you're going to meet somebody at a carpool and you show up like really late and you're making that person yeah. wait, that it gets really infuriating because if you're holding up another person who wants to be there on time. like, And that is a situation that I would say to be late is to be left because I will leave you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guys. Actually, fun fact, and just making me look bad more. Um, the only other time that I was nearly late was at the fast the festival where we all met, where Michael is currently, even though in a new location. But I was concertmaster for Rite of Spring, mm-hmm. and I remember my alarm clock didn't go off, and nobody woke me up. What? I don't get it. I get. I guess I had unreliable roommates that year. Because I woke up at eight fifty, <laughs> and rehearsal started at nine. And as you guys know, the dorms are not closed. Oh, the rehearsal venue. Not I was even like, close. <laughs> yeah. I remember running in and being so <laughs> sad with myself for that. All right. Who's got another uh, top top rule or oh, here's one guideline that always mm-hmm. I seriously can't ever believe it when I see this happening, even though it happens all too much. Is people mm-hmm. checking their phones during rehearsal? Mm-hmm. Yep. Guys, don't. Yep. Christian is pointing to him. Okay, apparently Christian and I can't work together anymore because we we would drive each other crazy. Don't do it. Um, it's like, so awful. You can make it like an hour and a half without your phone. Unless there's, there are very few reasons. I actually recently was at this um, rehearsal and my stand partner was this person that I've sat with before and I've played several things with her. And she, But this particular rehearsal, she was checking her phone a lot. And I was starting to get a little bit annoyed, but, you know, she's never done this before. So I was just like, okay, whatever. And then she was telling me, um, like, at break that her mom was in the middle of surgery. And, you know, then I was like, okay, you know, you do whatever you need to do. Like, it doesn't bother me. So there are a couple of times, but, I mean... I was taking a couple gigs pretty close to when my wife was close to her due date. And so I would, okay. <laughs> I would have to help people uh-huh. like, um, I'm going to check my phone every once in a while because my wife could go into labor. So Right. And that, <laughs> I mean, everybody understands that kind of stuff. But well, when it's people doing it constantly, there's this one gig we play, uh, Michael and I play, and there's somebody who is constantly on the phone during rehearsal. During rehearsal. Like we're on stage. And like, it makes wow. me so angry. <laughs> That's pretty bad. I just did a I just did a wedding with someone we all know, and during the ceremony, this person was on their phone. I was just like, we were like sort of off to the side, so not really the focus. Obviously, but if you're either. in the front, you can't do I that. I just wouldn't like, do it. Yeah, there's no there's no amount of like hiding it behind your violin that right. Disca- like your face is glowing. Like everybody <laughs> knows what you're doing. Your face is lit up. Yeah. Oh yeah, that totally happened. Um, when I was on tour with Mark Morris and one of the singers, like as you were saying, especially if you're standing up and the stand is there and your face is illuminated in the glowing <laughs> pit, like what? And it, yeah. it got in so much trouble. It was so embarrassing. And I also remember, Jess, do you remember that one time in Mastermind? 
Oh yeah, when I got, got yelled, yelled at. at. <laughs> I actually got yelled at because weren't you checking about? A I was checking thing about too? a family situation where my yeah. grandmother was in the hospital. Yeah. Because I would never normally go up to a conductor and be like, "Hey, I might check my phone every once in a while." And he got so mad, and I was just kind of like, "I don't know. I didn't really know what to do." So I was like, "Okay, sorry." But also, he wasn't rehearsing us at that time. Like, I would right. never check it while, like, be like, oh, I'm not going to play this passage because I have to check my phone. You right. know, like, he was working with the brass or something. I thought and, I was in the clear. Yeah, I know. But and I wasn't. In stark, in stark contrast, I recently observed a Broadway pit, and they have their phones plugged in. And during oh, yeah. every rest, they're on their phones the whole time. <laughs> um, I played a Fiddler on the Roof yeah. for, like, a month. I mean, we had phones out. We had books and you like just you start learning we had wine we had snacks yeah (laughs) it's great i do i do enjoy pit orchestras like Mm -hmm. mostly for that reason that nobody cares so much what you're doing as long as you're playing your notes right i mean we were on time we sounded good (laughs) had a cupcake in my lap it was delicious i subbed twice for the lion king and like the violinist who travels with it. it was like could not have a measure where he was not doing something else. Like, if he had to just like oh, wow. sit there and right. just listen to the music or like just play the music, it was like he would go crazy. So there was always just this giant tablet on the on the stand <laughs> and he would just be reading because I mean, he played all from memory. It was just, it was oh, like yeah. incredible. It was so incredible to see somebody playing the show and reading something else. I was just like, oh, he was reading something else reading, while playing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, I've always heard stories about it, but when you like actually see somebody doing it, and because I was like trying to learn this, learn the show because I had to play it the next night. Right. I was just like, like freaking out. I'm like, okay, how does, how does this go where they're taking time here? And he was just like, just completely. (laughs) I I love it though. But you think about it and it's like playing a concerto or something, basically like playing the same thing every day, eight times a week, usually. Oh, yeah. Sure. So absolutely. And he's been doing it for like seven years or something. It's it's in that brain. It's in there. It's not going anywhere. Christian must disagree with this because he hasn't said anything. (laughs) No pump up, just listening. (laughs) But it did make me think about number three. Mm -hmm. Number three. Which is which is food and drink and rehearsal. Oh, please elaborate, Mm. sir. Yeah, I want to touch on this because maybe I don't know everything I should know. Um as much as I think that honestly all food and drink except for cough drops mm-hmm. should be banned from stage or rehearsal areas, mm-hmm. I say, okay, if you're going to have a drink, make sure it's in a bottle or something where you can close the top, that there's oh. absolutely zero risk of spill. Yeah. In this orchestra I play with regularly, um, someone on the uh, board of Directors. Like on the orchestra committee or whatever, I thought it was a great idea to invest in an espresso machine for the orchestra. Ooh. So now you have like, you know, a third of the orchestra bringing in their coffee that they've not finished during mm-hmm. the break into like into rehearsal and having it next to their stands. So you have these coffee cups all on along the floor. <laughs> I just think I just think that's super disrespectful when people, you know, have a little bit of a break and then they like reach down and have their coffee and then put it back. And it's like, can't you can't you finish it in the break? Like, I don't think any open drinks should be brought into rehearsal, especially because there's a certain violinist who spills it every other rehearsal. <laughs> like there's always someone spilling it. And then when it doesn't happen, people comment on that like, oh, she didn't spill today. Like, wow, what happened? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> isn't that a sign? Like, well, we yeah. should just not have drinks. 
Yeah. Then I think water then, is fine. Yeah. Well, I think water is fine too, but you should it should be closable, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, there's a cellist. I mean, it must be like her like kind of soccer mom instinct because she brings all these like little Tupperwares with carrot sticks or nuts and grapes or uh, raisins and just like all these different things, chocolates. And it's a bag full of it next to the chair. And then, of course, it falls over. So the stuff kind of spills out. And then she'll like <laughs> spread it among her section while the conductor's working with someone else. And it's like... No way. This is not okay. But she's a regular. Um, you know, she's a veteran who's been there since day one. Right. So no one can right. say anything. I feel like the only time that it's a little bit different is maybe in summer festivals where everyone knows each other. For example, yeah. this one that I was just in in Texas. It's a it's a pretty laid back atmosphere. Like everyone's working really hard. But I see more coffee cups on stage there than anywhere else. And I think it's because... It's summer and rehearsals are later than usual on certain days. And, you know, there's more of a relaxed vibe. So once in a while, maybe in that situation where it's extremely relaxed, but even even that, like, it's still not, I have a hard time getting used to it because I bring in my coffee and I still feel a little self-conscious. Like, should I not have this here? Well, in a lot of places I play, you aren't allowed to bring other drinks on stage yeah they strictly say like only water so, right I mean, which makes sense yeah but so then when i see it i get really i feel the same way i always get really scared sometimes i'm like i'm gonna take my coffee out today and then i i bail last minute because i'm scared you get scared yeah <laughs> like oh i gotta leave this by my feet and well, maybe i'll spill in the theater yeah oh, well, that's the thing is i'm just so scared being that person who spills i know oh well i just think it's also the, the kind of the broader issue is that it's like it's distracting for right. other people, if I see somebody eating all this food, I'm just like, oh, I want some of that food. What? Like, I, want, I wonder what's in there. Why are they smacking? Hey, it's Michael. I'm going to interrupt the show here for a second. Uh, I'm not quite sure why I started reenacting that uh, talking dog YouTube video. You know, where the one he's like, yeah, I went to the fridge. Uh-huh. What was in there? Well, I got some bacon. Yeah. You know, that maple bacon. Oh. Anyways, uh, Jess has a really funny story coming up about also why you shouldn't eat at orchestra rehearsal. But if you've been enjoying the show, would you consider becoming a patron of the show by pledging your support to help us keep the show running? You can pledge your support for as low as $1 a month, which will also get you access to lots of bonuses and behind-the-scenes material that doesn't make it into the final production. Higher pledges will gain you even more access to exclusive content and other experiences. And with your support, we can improve the quality of our recording, increase the number of shows we can produce each month, and broaden the reach of our show. So just like Haydn needed Prince Esterhazy and libraries needed Andrew Carnegie, we need you to be our patron. You can learn more and pledge your support at www.perservice.co slash patron or search for our podcast at patreon.com. All right, let's get back to it. I heard the story from several people <laughs> that they played in this orchestra and the concert master was running late, um, which was not normal for this person. So <laughs> concert master's running late. They had already started tuning when the concert master arrived to rehearsal. So she gets her stuff and you know goes and sits in her seat. And while the rest of the orchestra continues to tune, she opens up a salad that she got at a fast food restaurant and starts eating it in her chair. <laughs> and everyone was so mad because they were like, oh. The reason why you're late. You're late because you went to get a salad and then you're eating it. If, like, <laughs> that's very weird. Don't do that, people. Uh, uh. 
Well, if you're like blood sugar is dropping and you need Granola to do bar. something about it. Yeah. You need to have something that you can take a few bites of that's not salad. <laughs> right. <laughs> or soup. Oh, I'm going to die of hunger. I just need to eat some salad right now. <laughs> Said no know. one ever. People are weird. Because it's like, usually it's like, I feel like you can make it to the break. Well, that, that sounds like a, that'd be a good slogan. You can make it to the break. Is uh, It's only like an hour and a half, maybe. Right, they but before orchestra starts to the, to the break, like you can probably right, mm-hmm. you can probably live an hour and a half without your salad and eat yeah. it during the break. And like Anna said, in an emergency situation, you take a big old honking bite of that granola bar, <laughs> and you uh, you and, and you, you deal and you deal. I mean, we you know, should actually make a short like little video series on Instagram or something of like. It's different scenarios and say, break. you can make you can it to the break. To the break. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go to the bathroom. Hashtag you can, you make, can it. make it to the break. <laughs> but but let's, let's think about it for a second. What makes someone have to bring their food on stage or have to bring their drink on stage? Do you think it's the sort of like wanting to show their, their independent personality or that their own person, what is the problem with, not being allowed to bring a drink on stage. Sometimes, depending on what kind of thing you're doing, a lot of times the rehearsal starts kind of at when I would normally eat my dinner. And in order for me to get to rehearsal on time, I have to leave like really early. So I think a lot of times people aren't going to eat their dinner at five, even though that's when they need to leave for rehearsal. So they bring their dinner with them and then eat it during rehearsal or something. So I think part of it is just timing. And maybe poor planning on all of our behalf. Yeah, I just think it's part of that, like, stereotype, honestly. And I think a lot of people just don't give it any thought. They're just like, oh, well, I need to eat dinner, and you plan this rehearsal now, so I'm going to do yeah. that right before rehearsal or right. during, which, lack of thought on their part, they need to do better. And actually, this is also really particular to strings, because yeah. winds and brass cannot <laughs> Can't eat. do that. Right, it's only We're the, the troublemakers. It's really messing yeah. that up. There's a little bit of, like... Oh, well, most people that work at a desk or in an office, they can have their coffee while they work. So I should be allowed to, you know, Mm -hmm. have my coffee at my stand and this is my workplace. So it should be allowed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Well, and fault. And I think this ties into the seniority thing, like follow suit with seniority. If like the people that have been there forever have coffee and like that's the like 80 percent of them are doing that, then maybe you can, too. On, on the other hand, like we were talking about with seniority, if or the the old timers or whatever, you can't really correct them about things. So I think it goes both ways. You just have to be sensitive to the situation. But I think observing seniority in general is always a good practice. Never assume you're above anyone else. Look around and see the people that are the mm-hmm. veterans and have been there. I remember being at this gig here in New York with this one. He he kind of represents a certain generation of freelancers in New York city. And he's a really interesting character. And we were playing a Mozart symphony and we were sitting kind of strangely where firsts and seconds, because of how this church were set up, the seconds were behind the first. And he didn't give one care about the Boeings and wasn't going to put any of them in. And so <laughs> not only were we not matching the firsts, um, which I just thought it was hysterical. And I was like, well, this will be a fun guessing game. I'll do what my instincts are and I'll see if I line up with him. Cool. Because I was a stand partner, but the stand behind me was like, right. hey, what are you doing? And and it was another veteran that questioned him, mind you, not someone younger. He was like, what are you doing? And this guy was right. like, I'm not going to put those in. They're all common sense. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> man. 
<laughs> wow. But, I mean, every once in a while you run into that and you're just like on your own and you just have to do whatever. You have to go with the flow sometimes and not question yeah. it. There's nothing worse than someone that questions Boeing. Still be that That's guy. sort of the our, our string players sort of pet peeve is about going through the ranks of like if you have a questioner asking the stand in front of you and not just asking a question from the back, yes. which... Hopefully it's common sense, but there are still professional orchestras that I play with. It happens all the time. Guys, I see it happen all the time. Don't either A, don't ask a question from the back or hopscotch and go all the way up to the stand too. But there are times I think, like you said, where the person in front of you is just like, (laughs) nope, I'm not putting in in Boeing's where the, the chain of communication breaks down. And I, sometimes I think, well, sometimes you have to break right. the rules if the stand in front of you is not participating. Agreed. And you sort yeah. of have to know, like, if you're going to break the rule, like, if you're going to jump the chain of command, you're basically telling that stand in front of you, like, you're not doing your job. I think you're you're goofing around, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over your head. Super sweet, right? Mm-hmm. right. That never ends well. And and there are two extremes too. Like there are certain people who don't give Truth a Brahms. about Boeing's, but on the other hand, there are those people and if you're one of these people, stop doing it. I can't I think one of the biggest disturbances in orchestral rehearsals are the people that freak out when they see a Boeing change and they're like, Ah yeah, and they're like marking and they're like, Oh my god. <laughs> and I think that there's a way Chaos. to observe what's going on and as the Boeings are being passed back and you have a, a couple of measures rest. You just like gently, oh, oh, um, excuse me, oh, uh, okay, down bow here. And I think that you really have to keep your cool about you when Boeings are happening. And also don't put in unnecessary Boeings. Like every once in a while, my brain gets confused. And I'm like, I need to mark this as not bow for me. Right. You know, but I always say that like, that's one's mm-hmm. for me. Uh, don't <laughs> mark things for your stand partner if they mess up. Or- <laughs> Ooh, guys. Here's a great Can't. story. Unless it's like they always do it over and over and over and over again. And, but I, you still, you can't do that for everybody. Right. You have, you can only do it if you have a rapport with the person. You really can't mm. do that. Or some, or, but sometimes I still do it and be like, oh, I, sometimes I get this confused. This this one's, sure. sometimes I sort of pretend like, oh, this oh, is really for me. if you say it's for yourself, then that's fine. But you can't be like, this is for you because you haven't played it right yet. I actually had a stand partner who was injured for a little while, so they didn't play. Mm-hmm but they still sat in the seat and then would mark everything I missed or that they thought was not. <laughs> That's terrible. Womp, womp. Well, I feel like this is also the like, guess who we're actually talking about. And I wish you probably be careful. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I also, well, it's funny you said that because I also was thinking of someone we all know who corrected me about my page turning and how loud it was. I mean, it was kind of, but I, but he was right. And I was like, yeah. Oh man. And it was only in rehearsal, like in performance, I wouldn't have done that, but embarrassing, but real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have two things that I think kind of go in hand, right. hand in hand. And we've kind of touched on one, right. which is odor. Mm-hmm. Oh. Good and bad. Uh-oh. Cologne and perfume. And bad breath. Body odor. <laughs> Guys, take showers. Come yes. on. Everyone be hygienic. Because it's really distracting. Like Michael said, all you can think about is how can I move so I don't smell this smell? And you can't. Often you can't. You're just like... And you can't sometimes. The other thing, and this is just a thing for me probably, but I wish everyone would dress appropriately. (laughs) You're all sitting down. I don't want to be seeing your junk because you're dressed inappropriately. 
<laughs> I don't have time for that. Yeah. And I don't like it. <laughs> this applies to men and women. Most, I mean, a lot of orchestras have like really strict rules about. Not necessarily for rehearsals, though. Oh, for rehearsals, sure. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be yeah. seen up your skirt because it's too short and you sit with your legs wide open, ladies. Come on. <laughs> Who play cello? Oh, guys, mini skirts and cellos right. don't work. I think cellos are fine. Like, honestly, I'd rather have a cellist wear a mini skirt because you can't see anything as opposed to a violinist where you well, can see true. everything. But just so, can we can we not? Can we leave that for later in the day? Maybe the cellist can start playing side saddle. <laughs> <laughs> that was my best thought of the day, guys. You're welcome. I have one. And it's kind of, it's sort of a broad topic because I, I have a list actually on, on the show notes page with all of the very specific ones. But in general, we kind of want to do, just talk about the kind of the overarching idea and why it's important. And kind of one of my big ones is, Try to go with the flow and try to accommodate requests that are within reason. And some of it is that there are lots of things that are just not ideal at rehearsals, at concerts, whether it's the lighting or how much room you have on stage or the temperature or, you know, all of a sudden the rehearsal space changed and you have to move to a different location. And it's like, these are all things that happen to everybody. And I don't know, there are, there's usually somebody that just thinks this thing is just intolerable and they're just going to make the biggest fuss about some sort of, and it's usually an inconsequential change. That's just like, well, we're all cramped here we're like nobody has room and like being gracious in those uncomfortable situations goes a long way absolutely because you're all stuck in it together yeah it's hard to not be a diva about it or a devo right is that a word male male divas are they devos i feel like a lot of people say that but i don't think it's i don't think that's not real but we say it i think everyone's a diva i don't think it matters if you're male or female Although, isn't there a group called Il Divos? <laughs> Il Divo, right? Anna, didn't you play for Il Divo? I didn't play in Il Divo, but it sounds great. What are you talking about? Il Divo? Il, yeah, there's huh? a group called Il Divo or something. I know, but I wasn't sure if that was an actual group or if you're making it up. No, it's real. We don't know. Okay, time out. It's me. Il Divo, definitely a real group. And for proof, I offer uh, Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart, sung in Italian by Il Divo. Recuperemos lo que se ha perdido Regresa a mí Quiereme otra vez I'll do this hurt Cause when you walked out the door I walked out of my life Ah, so good! Tony Braxton! Where are you now? Oh, all right. Well, we'll get back to the show. I think another thing to think about, along with going with the flow, I think that's a great point, Michael, um, is to also think about or take into consideration how you came to the gig. If it's something you auditioned for, then they really want you there because of your playing. If it's something you didn't audition for, but you got there because of your resume or maybe word of mouth, someone recommended you, they're going off of the assumption that you're a good enough player mm-hmm. and that you're at least nice enough of a person or not really complicated. You know, you can fit in and be fine. So it's kind of 50-50. And I think those situations are the one where it's 
just as important how you interact yeah. and that you are able to get along with everyone and pull your own weight and you're good enough of a player. That's going to get you invited back more so than being a phenomenal player, but mm-hmm. being a personality that not so many people enjoy being around. Really good point. Not to mention the person who recommended you, they put themselves on the line to recommend yep. you. That's and you right kind of kind of screw them over if you totally blow it in some way, you know. And guess what? That person will never recommend you again for anything. Yeah. So exactly. Right. Yeah. I think reputation is such a big part in the freelancing world that both for yourself and also the people that recommend you or being being a contractor is an incredibly stressful thing because you're you're recommending all these people. And if one of them betrays your trust or your uh, puts their reputation on the line, like they're not going to risk doing that again. So they're going to, they're not going to call you back. So totally. Yeah. That's a great point, Christian. Thank you. So I think that's the, the point of this episode is that we want you to be able to get called back and to continue to play and to not have these small actions ruin it for you in having a career and being able to perform and, you know, in this profession that you love doing. Yeah, so exactly. Anybody got any lightning round ones? Last minute. The lightning round. The lightning round. Don't be the worst. That was supposed to be thunder lightning. That was terrible. I I can't do any kind of sound effects, but I tried and I failed. Sorry about that lightning round. Don't be the worst. Don't smell bad. Don't Don't be the worst. Don't smell bad. Keep food out of it. Be cooperative. And maybe, honestly, this is something I think about occasionally. Try not to eat like the smelliest thing in your car before rehearsal, (laughs) because even if you don't eat that inside, sometimes like you can still smell that onion. Just don't go to Subway right before rehearsal. Maybe not Taco Bell. Sorry, Michael. I know you love it. Maybe not right before. Not right before. Give yourself a... Actually, did I tell you guys about there's this girl um, when I was in college and we didn't know her name at first, but we only knew her as Taco Girl because she would eat Taco Bell during rehearsal. I think you and brought that, this up uh, at least three I think times. I, because I think I cut it, it from the episode. I think, I think uh, you'd mention it in another recording, but I yeah, cut it out. Well, oh, okay, you did? You guys don't want to yeah. be known as Taco Girl. Nobody wants to be known as Taco Girl or Taco Boy because it's how many years later and that's my only memory of her. <laughs> All right. I think that's a good list. I've got a, a more in-depth list of all things you should or should not do at a gig. And I'm adding to it all the time. Every time I see somebody do something <laughs> terrible. So watch out. Watch out. He's writing it down. He's keeping the yeah. list. He's like making a list and, and checking it twice. Checking it twice. <laughs> all right. Well, I've been Michael O'Giblin. I'm Anna Luce. I'm Jessica Weersma. And I'm Christian Marshall. welcome well that is our show folks if you'd like to see all the points from our conversations including that talking dog video and some more awesome il divo uh, tony braxton covers you can find all that in the show notes page online at perservice.co slash 12 like the number there's no spaces in that people come on it's 2016 uh, again that's p-e-r-s-e-r-v-i-c-e dot c-o slash 12 
12. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review in iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It won't take you very long and something to do with algorithms. It just means that other musicians can find our show. And do you have a funny story about orchestra etiquette fail? You can use the speak pipe widget to tell us your story on the show notes page. Again, that's perservice.co slash 12. You can find us on Instagram under Per Service Podcast. Keep sharing with us your gig of the week. And again, just thank you so much for listening. We really couldn't do this without you. We'll see you in the next episode. And until then, be well and practice well. Okay, uh, just one more. This is so good. Oh, so good. All right. I got to go practice now.